It is unavoidable. It is your destiny. Welcome to the Your Destiny podcast, a Star Wars Destiny podcast on everything relating to Star Wars Destiny, the collectible card game. My name is Klaus, I'll be your host today. My name is Mass and I'll be your co-host. And um, Mass, um, this was actually a pretty massive weekend of Star Wars Destiny. A lot of results to cover, yeah. Yeah, in the last weekend we've had uh, five regionals taking place across the US. We've had a galactic qualifier at PAX Unplugged. We've had a nationals taking place in the Czech Republic, in the heartland of Europe. So a lot of ground to cover. I guess it's really no surprise that Throne Snoke took the day again. Yeah. <laughs> We already talked extensively about Throne Snoke. This is not going to be yet another podcast about that. But I do think that it's worth just spending a bit of time on the fact that we are now within the last two years of Star Wars Destiny history we are looking at the most dominant deck and it's dominant in the minds of people and it's dominant on the tables around the world so the fact that all the top players around the world they decided to bring Throne Snoke we saw Joe Colon from uh, Honest Stochastic from the Hyperloops we saw Agent of Scion from Artificery a number of uh, people taking Throne Snoke and succeeding with it uh, how far are we away from a, from a nerf now? It can't be that far <laughs> I, th I think uh, everyone is, is well aware that it's just a matter of time for uh, Snoke to get his plus or two points the question is do you think that we're going to see both a nerf to Snoke And to Thrawn? No, I think, I think they're just going to hit Snoke. Thrawn doesn't feel oppressive and wasn't until Snoke. Thrawn's been around for a long yeah. time. So. Uh, well, Thrawn Unkar had their day, but then they over-nerfed uh, Unkar. A little bit of <laughs> over-nerfing. Over and that they never won anything. <laughs> He's been unplayable ever since. <laughs> But we are going to talk about the results because there were a lot of interesting things. I think that we've had some of the results that were a bit of a surprise. So we'll definitely be looking at that in today's program. Yeah. Galactic Qualifier at PAX Unplugged, we saw two uh, Throne Snoke decks go 6-0. Yeah. Uh, it was honestly sarcastic, and uh, J-Rod 
Their versions were a bit uh, different from one another. Joe is going to talk about his version in, on the Hyperloop's website, probably also doing a small video about it, I would assume. His version is actually a hybrid between the version we brought to the French nationals and the classical version. So it actually runs uh, Grand Moff Jedi Temple, but it also runs the acro card, so it includes one boundless ambition, the handheld cannon and so on. That was essentially his take that we brought with us to France. And then we have J-Rods, which is a much more sort of a streamlined deck, which runs Weapons Factory Alpha, a lot of big vehicles. And then you noticed actually when we went through the list that it only runs three TIE uh, what is your thinking around uh, not going all in on the TIE Fighter package but only running three? So this might actually be correct just because you can play four TIE Fighters. It doesn't mean you have to. No, true. And if you play only three, so the upside is you very rarely get to deploy all four TIE Fighters in one given round anyway. You, it's very likely that you can play three of them and then you spend some resources on mitigation. So this way it makes the odds of drawing two TIE Fighters a lot less. So whenever you do draw one of your three TIE Fighters, actually just get a little bit better because TIE Fighters it does have diminishing returns in that way that, you know, the first TIE Fighter is excellent in your hand, but the mm -hmm. second one or the third one in your hand really hurts it. Playing four TIE Fighters, you have to mulligan very carefully mm -hmm. with Thrawn Snoke because, you, you know, you can't, you can't keep one TIE Fighter in your opening hand and then mulligan and then, you know, risk hitting another two TIE Fighters. So you mulligan very carefully with all four TIE Fighters and uh, this actually might J-Ross build allows him to mulligan more aggressively after his chance cubes or mm, whatever he mm, uh, mm. he's looking for. So I'm not sure it's correct, but it's definitely not because he only had three, or you know, maybe it is, I, I haven't talked to him, but I doubt it's because he had three. Yeah. I think it's this is some well well done testing, and this is a guy who concluded that three is correct, and mm. he, uh, he got six and oh, so people should be looking into it. It doesn't mean that three is always correct, or four is always correct, it's sometimes, you know, it, might matter with your build and your mm. list, but uh, keep in mind that you don't need to play all four types. Yeah, that's interesting. He also included a card which I know that you hate, namely Vigilance. Why do you hate Vigilance? So <laughs> Vigilance is, 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 is not as bad as Stifle. I'm going to be probably hitting on later in this podcast, but Vigilance in, in the mirror to me is... It's just not good enough. There's so many sources of card advantage right now with the TIE Fighters and the Boundless Ambitions that you know, we see people running uh, in these Thrawn Snow lists. So even if you play Vigilance, they can discard to reroll to mm. get out of it. Mm. They don't need their focus. And the thing is, it's only really good in the Thrawn Snow Mirror. Maybe against some Yoda decks, it's, mm. it's also good. Yeah. But you, know, you also risk, you play a card, and it sort of has the same from an earlier podcast but you, you can very it's very likely that you play your vigilance it doesn't do anything that round so you yeah, spend a yeah. card and a resource doing nothing mm. and especially with the high pace that destiny is right now and just the efficiency of the card you yeah, just can't yeah. afford that yeah. so it's, it's not a card I like but it's very good against some decks so it is essentially a tech in the mirror match yeah. right because it basically means that your opponent cannot turn dice for the entire round. Yeah, and so if you look at it like piece of, of hate that's only good in the mirror and you discard to reroll it mm. in, in other matches, the card is not atrocious as anyway, no, but no. I don't think you can afford slots running cards like Vigilance, but this guy uh, went 6-0 and, and got, had two yeah. of them, so yeah, maybe the truth is somewhere in between. <laughs> Another surprise, not at the Galactic Qualifier, but at one of the many regionals that was played throughout the U.S., was that Zachary Hahn, who actually was the one who introduced us to the Grand Moff Jedi Temple tech, decided to go another route and took Yoda, Leia, and Leia as in Leia Bush. And 
on his sort of brief analysis in his introduction to the deck on the SW Destiny DB, he wrote that he had anticipated a Thrawn Snoke heavy meta, and therefore he wanted to bring an anti-tech deck. And that was interesting because I was looking at this deck and uh, I was preparing sort of to make a small deck analysis of it. And I also wrote in my uh, summary of the weekend's events that I was very surprised at hearing a Thrawn Snoke, a former Thrawn Snoke player, who is really, really good with the deck and who knows the strategy and the tech of that particular character pairing, believe that the Yoda layer is the strongest counter to yeah. Thrawn Snoke. What do you think about that? So when a guy who's previously been doing very well with a deck and is a very accomplished player brings out you know, what he thinks is a counter to the best deck that he used to have a lot of success <laughs> with, you really have to just take note and listen. Yeah. And there's there's some things that I can see is, is working very much in his advantage. He's playing a double grappling boa, which is a... This is a super, super card. It's a really good... It's an upgrade for two. It has three melee sides on it. And when you resolve one of the melee sides, you get to remove a character dice to the character you just dealt damage. So in a very aggressive deck, when you're always ahead, you can mm, roll out, mm. and if it hits one of its you know, 50% melee side, you can use it as you know uncounterable mitigation that Thrawn can't do anything about because that, it just that. lies there in the pool. Uh, and then you know, even if Thrawn takes your mitigation, you can keep him off his, his double resource mm-hmm, side. So there's, mm-hmm. some, there's some merit to it. So um, definitely people should listen, and, uh, but you know, it's, it's not a deck. I would think it's, it's a counter. He runs a simplified upgrade package aiming for, apart from a single force wave, but aiming for two-cost upgrades. So he's going to get an upgrade down round one, yep. maybe even two if he can generate some money with Yoda. Yep. Uh, he's running Cunnings, the Grappling Boa. He's running Energy Pikes. Uh, and then, of course, uh, the Treasured Lightsaber. And amazing because it has a special as well and it's unblockable damage. Yep. But what I'm thinking with that deck is that it's a fast-paced deck, but for me at least, at a glance, with a relatively small damage output compared to what a fat vehicle deck can do or even a throwing snoke deck that's the thing that was also surprising me about how he says it's a counter to throwing snoke but just another uh, add to that is the treasured lightsaber is actually also pretty good against throwing snoke because if they activate thrawn they see your hand Mm, uh, they they mm. say one or zero to your mitigation. You play a treasure light, but now you draw a fresh card yeah, off the yeah, treasure light. True, so now now true. they can't focus. You know, secure knowing what you got. Yeah, you yeah. might have drawn that easy pickings or beguile or whatever mm, it is. Mm. The thing is, his deck is actually very weak against Thrawn Snow. If the Thrawn Snow player just says two, <laughs> you know, two <laughs> takes care of his beguiles, his entangles, his treasure lightsabers, his grappling boa. Mind so trick, his mind yeah, tricks. Yeah. If he's probably not running the mind trick now, he's, he's not. It's actually very, very weak to Thrawn Snow. So I'm thinking that he's been banking on Thrawn Snow player usually saying one. Yeah, as, yeah. Just as we have been saying almost sure. all matches, yeah, yeah. we say zero and one to take the mitigation to, to play an undisrupted game. And he's been banking on his opponents actually doing that. Mm-hmm. Now his deck list is out and now it's probably not as safe. I think people will say two now against that deck. So I think that's that's what he means by counter. Not that it's you know, straight up winning, but... Uh, but then uh, let's imagine a meta where Thrawn Snoke is not there. Let's imagine that tomorrow we get a new holocron, we get the balance of the force. Where would you put a deck like Yoda Bush then? Then I think it's very good. Uh, so it's it's very good at abusing Leia special which is very good against three white character decks. So we almost saw like the meta shift into three white before Thrawn Snow mm-hmm, kind of mm-hmm, took over. Mm-hmm. 
and I think we're gonna see that shift again. And yeah. then a deck really good at abusing lands, but it's gonna be really, really good. Yeah. You can very easily do six damage per round just off your character dice, which is while gaining resources and other things, which is very, very good. Mm. So it's definitely something that we have to keep an eye out yeah. for. Yeah, it's it's a it's a cool deck, a uh, very solid build. It's very similar actually. Well, the strategy is a bit different, but the overall idea behind the deck is very similar to your uh, Ray Layer deck actually, also Layer Bush, but where you were more focused on sort of the uh, quick interaction. You were rolling your you were getting your dice into the pool, action cheating them out and then using uh, close quarter solves to empty the hand. But it's also a very fast-paced deck, trying to put as much damage in as short a period of time as possible. What I can see the advantage of a Yoa layer deck is that it's much more consistent. You had problems with the consistency yeah. of Ray layer. You were very, very role-dependent. And now you're looking at a deck which is not nearly as role-dependent. For sure. Yeah. I also think that it's a deck that we have to look out for in the future. It has game against two wide and three wide decks. And um, I think that... As much as I disagree with it being a strong counter to Thrawn Snoke, I think that he's hit the nail on where you want to be in a meta that is not dominated by that particular character. Yep. Another deck that did really well during the weekend, taking top four at the Las Vegas Regional, was Mattis Taiping's uh, Cassian Andor Genoso. When Across the Galaxy hit, so uh, Genoso came, the new Genoso, and everybody could see that Genoso, she was made to fit with Cassian. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I'm always a bit reluctant to accept these uh, pre-made character pairings because, uh, you know, they're being pushed by FFG, and that's not where you want to be as a game analyst. That's not where you want to be if you want to try and break the game. You don't want to go the route that the designers sort of laid out for you. You don't want to follow the breadcrumbs. Sure. You want to go the opposite direction. You want to go into the darkness of the forest sure. see what's lurking in there Pretty um, good analogy for me, <laughs> but but on the other hand i mean the character pairing also does look very strong at a glance yep. they fit together and they slot together almost perfectly yeah they share uh, discard size they share the range damage size the only downside is actually that Genoso doesn't have any resource side which is a huge downside to a character pretty big <laughs> But on the other hand, there, there are different elements in the deck that I think we should be discussing. But I think the first question is, do you think that Cassian and on Jin Erso, is that a place you want to be right now with, uh, with an aggro deck in Destiny? 
So no, uh, <laughs> just, that's just. Too, but uh, there's some things that are really going well for this character pairing that we yeah, can. Yeah. I'll, I'll go over first. Uh, you said some of it that their sides match up really well. Also, their activated abilities match up really well. Mm. Where mm. Generoso will look at the top three of your opponents and discard one. Yeah, you can t- yeah, put yeah. the other two back in any order. So yeah. if you happen to see another card you don't want to play against, it's like a weak uh, thrown ability. Very weak. <laughs> it's slow and clunky setup, but it's it's almost free because these are aggressively uh, costly characters. Anyway, and they just want to do damage. So this whole mill thing is not. This deck maybe wins one out of ten games on mill. You know, if it's even that. But you do sort of set up, or just you sort of dilute your opponent's draws, mm. um, and they stack very well. Where Generator looks at three and put one of them in the discard pile, and then mm. you put the other two in any order you want. And then Cassian, with, when he resolves his die, you can either give them one indirect or you can mill one. Yeah, yeah. So that if you see two cards you don't like, you can actually spend Cassian's instead of doing that one indirect that round, mm. you, you mm. get to middle the other one. Which is a nice little feat. Uh, so, so that works very well for the, the deck. Also, blue uh, or yellow and red hero have you know retreats and hyperspace jumps, and, yeah, yeah. and so they can do their damage and they can get out. Mm-hmm. And that's a very very important. If you're not playing a slow deck that wants to maximize its round, yeah. you need to be getting out of there because mm-hmm. your opponents mm-hmm. will be doing all taking a lot more action and just maximize. And the thing that this deck doesn't do very well is there's just the way that the game is working out right now. So the amount of actions per round are increasing a lot mm. but the amount of rounds played are decreasing mm. as the game is just evolving right now and this just doesn't reward you for, for maximizing your no, dice no. at all uh, while you are doing your 6, 8, maybe 10 damage if you play an unmitigated and roll perfectly mm. your opponent will be you know discarding to reroll and he will be getting uh, maximizing his dice and he will be getting his 3 on his chance cubes and mm. his mm. 3 or his double resources on his thrones or whatever he's doing mm. and so you'll get punished a lot your deck is just not rewarding you mm. for, for maximizing him where other decks are yeah, so yeah. so if this deck doesn't get in and then get out with retreat or jump it yeah. is losing every round mm. a lot or big yeah, time yeah, yeah. so um, yeah it's, it's not a deck I would recommend anyone playing but you know good job on uh, on Mattis Matt yeah. is typing for it, it uh, I mean the interesting thing about the deck is that it sort of is in the opposite end of the scale compared to a vehicles deck right because it has very few components its board state is very simple. It's one, maybe two cards. The rest are cards that are played out of hand. It doesn't have a lot of fitting to do. It doesn't need to maximize in the sense it has very few sides actually that are modified sides. It has one each on Genoso's dice. It has a few on the upgrade dice. The puzzle is very easy to set. Sure. But there's no surprise element in it either. It's not like your opponent is going to, oh, wow, where did that come from? You literally just do your damage. Maybe you retreat, maybe you hyperspace jump. So because the amount of components is so few, it's also, I wouldn't say it's an easy deck to play, but it's not a very complex deck. And it feels like this is sort of a regression to a a place where Destiny used to be, but it's not really there anymore. Yeah. We took a deck very similar, and this deck is very reminiscent of the deck that we brought a year ago to regionals in Germany. We played Po Hondo, and this deck, I mean, apart from some of the name on the cards, it looks very, very similar. Yeah. <laughs> and look how much Destiny has evolved, and how much, you know, how much some of the good Ram decks are doing now. Yeah, yeah. And this deck is not that much better than the Paul Hondo deck. No, no. Uh, and it fell out of favor very fast. Exactly. So 
I wouldn't recommend this to anyone, but it, it's, it's, you know, I don't want to take anything out of his amazing feet. No, 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 feet. of course not. Uh, no, no, of course not. And it's, yeah. The interesting thing, and, and you just touched upon it, and I think it's worth just adding a few comments on it, is the idea that because in the last set, in the last meta in Way of the Force, we had a deck, the Rose Jetta Jetta deck, which was essentially a vehicle deck taking advantage of uh, Rose's uh, bonkers uh, special sides um, with the new resistance crate speeder coming out which was amazing with Rose as well but then the Jettas they have this interesting ability they mill a card the first time your opponent takes indirect damage and a lot of people we even wrote it in our deck analysis that it's a secondary win condition you can actually win and mill but that's not how you win a game with a vehicle deck right <laughs> and and I think the same thing I hear people say but you can win on mill with Jyn Erso cash and build with as an aggro deck sure you can win on mill but you can do that with any deck right yeah. <laughs> four months ago people they were quitting the game because of mill decks yeah and, and now they're trying to <laughs> trying to mill you as much as possible with their aggro decks in a game as you describe it where the actions in each individual turn is getting more and more but the rounds are getting shorter does mill stand a chance in a meta like that So not right now, no. I would never. So that's the thing. I would never recommend anyone to play mill, especially with all the Thrawn Snoke and all the focus on the yeah, guys. Sure, sure. So I would never play in a Thrawn Snoke meta. Play any mill deck, but it's just not right now. It's just not there. So why would you play a worse mill deck? These decks are not designed to mill. They're designed to mm -hmm. do damage, and you're not getting any style points of having dealt eight damage and milled eight cards when you no. lose the game. <laughs> it's just not how you win. Yeah, no, that's true. Empty spaces. What are we living for? Abandoned places I guess we know the score On and on Does anybody know what we are looking for? Another hero Another mindless crime Behind the curtain Mass, in our latest podcast, I said, and I actually I wrote it in my summary of the weekend's events, that I think that uh, fat vehicles is where we're going. Uh, yep. I think, and by fat vehicles, I refer to a deck that relies almost exclusively on a single vehicle, maybe two vehicles, to get the job done. Yep. It's a pretty tall order to kill uh, potentially somewhere in between uh, 23 to 30 health worth of characters with just a single vehicle and a few uh, characters. It should be a taller, <laughs> but it's not. <laughs> no, it's not anymore. Yeah. Uh, we are seeing decked out fire sprays. We have an article up on our website wrote, uh, written by David, an excellent deck that he made with a decked out fire spray. Uh, basically, the armored reinforcement, Basine, Snoke, and First Order of Stormtrooper. Uh, just a single diaper scene though so it's not entirely the ball tires or fat tires setup but but almost armored reinforcement yeah 
<laughs> so, so almond free enforcement completely breaks these sort of, <laughs> you, as you say, fat vehicle dice open. So imagine you play this, you know, this deck you just described, two dice on Snoke, and then one on your Basin, and one on your uh, your first order Stormtrooper. And then you play the army reinforcement, and you play the Weapons Factory Alpha Battlefield. Yeah, yeah. So this is the setup. You win the that rollout, you get to choose your own battlefield. Now you use your armored reinforcement, and you have your battlefield. So you can fetch out your fire spray. And put it into play for two resources. So you do that. <laughs> then it has a power action that you can put an upgrade or a mod from your hand yeah, yeah. for zero. Or yeah. two, costing two or less for zero. Yeah. So just put that on. Now I got six resources worth of things. <laughs> yeah. And all you did was, you know, just with the money you started with, you haven't rolled a single die. You haven't <laughs> spent a single card. Yeah. You've only spent one card out of your hand, which was the mod. Yeah, yeah. And you played six resources worth of things. Yeah. Next round, you just use the power action again, put another mod on it. Now mm, you have mm. eight resources worth of things round two. Yeah. And you still haven't used anything. Yeah, the resource efficiency it's in that just deck is... Too, too efficient yeah. and too consistent because of the plot so you can just run the one sprayer you know one spray and one umbrian tank or whatever mm -hmm. these decks are running you just stock up on mods ensuring yeah. that you always have the mods yeah. and just mulligan away the vehicles if you draw them and ensure that you can always find the vehicle you mm -hmm. need so your deck is all mods and mitigation and then you just find out the two vehicles even if you start with the vehicle in your hand you can just pitch it to reroll because you can and, pick, pick it and up then your army reinforcement it well. back yep yeah. <laughs> so, so these five vehicle decks are very, very good. Uh, yes. and, and the ramp efficiency in yeah. the deck, the resource efficiency is at, at a totally new level. And I've said it in a number of our articles, but the tutor effect of armored reinforcement is unprecedented yeah. in Destiny. And it is by far the best tutor effect. Yeah. So that's the villain version running that lineup. But you also have it in the hero version, yeah. actually, where you run L337 mm. and two rebel engineers. And you just sift through your deck with the rebel engineers to find the mods. You play a shadow caster. You get all these cheap or free mods on the shadow caster. It has a six range damage yeah. on it. <laughs> And it costs four and resources. And guess what? That L1 droid just has a lot of focus. Yeah. Even the rebel engineer has focus. You're yeah, just going to yeah. find that six. Yeah, it's, uh, it's insane. And you put a turret on it, so now it's an unmitigatable six. Yeah, it's just, yeah. Uh, yeah. It feels pretty, pretty solid. Interesting thing is that Danny McKnight, who took uh, second place at the Las Vegas Regionals this last weekend, he also ran a fat vehicle deck, but he ran it in a totally different version. And I liked it. I really, really liked it. When I saw the deck, I was like, wow, that's a totally different take on it. Can you try and uh, walk us through? So what is it that he did different? He opted not to go for the armored reinforcement that we've just been pressing. Yeah. <laughs> he does this uh, to gain a lot, lot better character dice. Mm. So he's he's basically trading his, his Stormtrooper for seven points into a Sienna for eight, which means that he can't play the three-cost plot. He can only play a two-cost plot. But Sienna does two things in this fat vehicle decks. One, she brings two black resource sites mm. and a disrupt site, yeah, all yeah. good with throwing power action. You know, the consolation prize on Sienna will be two plus range damage, which yeah. is also decent. <laughs> and then she brings the right now very, very broken ability that you can pay. She has an action. You can pay two uh, resource and you can reset a bit. And so this has been just flying under the radar of, of everyone, I think, because she hasn't been used in that conjunction very much. <laughs> she used to be a five-die villain character. Yeah, she used to uh, <laughs> used to play her for her damage side, and then yeah, the yeah. resources would be the consolation prize. Yeah. But now, now it's the, the opposite, because now the resources <laughs> are doing pretty busted things. <laughs> this should have been a power action, of course, because but she's from Empire of War, which was pre-power actions. Yeah, yeah. So it is still just an action, and <laughs> I'm sure FFG is going to fix this. But until yeah, then, yeah, yeah, she yeah. can you know pay two resources as many times around you want yeah, yeah. to reset a vehicle. And it doesn't care 
if this vehicle has three mods on it. No, no. So once you build up this fire spray that we've been talking about, you can actually you know, roll out four dice and pay two resources to reset them. Just to compare people, the amount of hoops you have to go through to reset to get <laughs> yeah. four dice, you know, you would be looking at Price of Failure where you kill one of your guys, yeah, or yeah. Master of Council where you pay a six non-redeployable upgrade, or four non-redeployable upgrade that has to hit the special, and yeah. then you pay another two resources <laughs> yeah. to, to ready your characters. Yeah. So readying characters is very, very expensive, but readying mm. vehicles is super cheap. Strategic yeah. planning does it for one, Sienna does it for two. The R2 Astromech does it for two. The R2 Astromech does it for two, and so he figured out a way here to abuse Sienna, and then the rest of the deck is just sort of built around this shell. Yeah. Yeah. But because he still has a two-cost plot, he can put double down, which makes him yeah, yeah. run three of of two any, any two cards, so he plays three chance cubes to increase his chances to see chance cubes in his opening hand, which mm, generates mm. this absurd amount of money that will then you know, keep resetting vehicles. Yeah. And then he plays three of the fire spray we were just praising. Yeah. So he just increases his chance to play that, and he also runs boundless ambitions, so he's not finding his fire sprays and his chance cubes mm, in his opening mm, hand, he's just gonna mm. dig deeper and find them. Yeah, yeah. And then he's playing Vader's Fist as his consolation prize, so when he's not finding any of the other above, Worst case scenario is he plays a fist. Yeah. <laughs> uh, worst case scenario. Worst case scenario. <laughs> and, and interestingly enough, you know, he finds that Fire Spray and Chance Cubes are so important that he's play not playing the three fist. He's playing three of the two other cards, yeah, which really says a lot about his deck, yeah. what he's trying to do. But because it, everything he's trying to do is just get a Fire Spray into play, mm. equip mm. it with his power action, with a mod, you know, spend your chance cube money to put another mod on it, and from round two off, you just use all your money to just reset the same fire spray three, four, five times in a row yeah, just yeah. To, to kill out anything round two. The interesting thing is uh, David, he told us when we talked about the fat vehicle deck with the fire spray, that one of the cards that served him really well, and uh, and Danny McKnight is including that in his deck as well, is Friends in High Places. Yeah. Uh, and it's really good with the Fire Spray, because if you get Triple Destroyed on the Fire Spray, you can remove the Fire Spray die, it has really big sides. So if you get the Fire Spray out, if you have one mod, maybe even two mods on it, it can actually pull off a Friends in High Places yeah. on its own. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> and you know, Chance Cube has the big three side. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, so yeah, there's a lot of ways to get Friends in High Places off. Yeah. And Friends in High Places, it's been a busted card for in any of these fat vehicle <laughs> decks for, for or any old tires It looks as well. pretty and, busted. And you know, in this version, his mitigation is pretty expensive, which is I think is, is a choice he made yeah. because that makes his Friends in High Places better. Mm, so mm. even when you don't find fists or mods, your mitigation is still very, very impactful. Mm. You would see a lot of these other decks run all the cheap mitigation, but that just makes your friends in low places. If it finds a doubt, mm. you're really not accomplishing much with your friends in high no, places. No. But when you find entangles or beguiles, yeah. it's still a very, very potent card. So if we imagine that going two weeks from now, three weeks from now, and I don't expect we're looking at more time than that, and Snoke is going to get nerfed, you can actually still play the uh, fat vehicle decks. They're not going to be, I mean, the character setup will have to be worked, uh, will have to work around the points cost, but they're still viable. Yeah. Uh, what are the answers right now to fat vehicle decks? So fixing Sienna, because that that should be the easiest that one. Also, and fixing Snoke, and I think you should still fix him in a matter that because I think at 14 points he's still too good. Mm, so mm. you fix Snoke and maybe fix him and you know, give him plus two, like you did with Unker yeah, back in yeah. the day. Uh, make it real tough if you want to play that character. And then you should also start thinking about just any of these cards that reset vehicles. 
because they're just too cheap. Yeah. I'm sure they didn't design a card like strategic planning that just resets a vehicle for one with mods in mind. No. Because there's not there's not any vehicle where it's broken just no. resetting it once. But no, when you get no. four dice for one re yeah. or you know or CNS, it just gets too too efficient. That, that's the thing about a decked out vehicle that it's a character in its own now. Yeah. It rolls out the same amount of dice as a character, and it hits much harder vehicles. It's, it's, they hit like trucks. Yeah. You see, you know, you see the Shadowcaster with its six <laughs> unmitigatable damage if you have the turret on it. Yeah, yeah. No character does that. Not no, even Vader. No. no. So you're, you're definitely looking at one way to cure the uh, just the fat vehicles would just be one mod per vehicle. Mm -hmm. That mm -hmm. would make it a lot more balanced, I think. So that might be at the rate, you know, just the way they're mm -hmm. they're going with it mm -hmm. because that would be a very easy fix. Right yeah. now, we haven't really had any confirmation on how many mods. No, they they actually clarified it in their oh, yeah. official rules guide that it's three. Yeah, but you know, that's it's it's it definitely can be changed. A, it's definitely a, a, a solvable solution. Yeah, uh, yeah. Or they should start ban these cards like strategic planning or, mm. and fix CNS's yeah, yeah. action into a power action. I played a test game just sort of to round off that part of the story. I I played a test game for a video that we were making for our advanced level and expert level patrons. And I lost two Vader's fist, one to a surgical strike and the other one to mill. Nice. <laughs> surgical strike is pretty nasty. Sure. <laughs> If you roll out Genoso and she rolls two uh, two rain sides, then she removes a Vader's fist. She removes an ATST or any decked out vehicle if you don't have a, a shield generator down. <laughs> She's a pretty nasty card. It's pretty good actually. <laughs> it is. That's another answer. I think I'll be on the lookout definitely for where we are going in the matter right now. I've tested several versions of the Fat Vehicle deck, both hero versions and villain versions. I do think that if Snoke gets hit really hard, I think that a card like the Shadowcaster with L337 with the Rebel Engineers, that's also super dangerous. See, uh, that's deck. the thing. If they only uh, if they only hit Snoke or trying to fix it that way, mm -hmm. it might be. Because the broken thing right now is the, the Armored Reinforcements, it's Sienna, of course. Uh, and then it's the cost of these things. But it's also just that a vehicle with mods are just... The mods are too efficient. And when you look at them, uh, whether it's the arc caster that allows you, when you play it, you can activate the vehicle and re-roll a die. It doesn't even have to be your own die. It's the triple laser turret where you can remove the attached supports uh, die. Or it's the dorsal turret where you get to roll it into the pool immediately and get benefit from it twice. Look at how good dorsal turret yeah. is. Just, so we've been saying how dinky our DH-17 blaster is one of the most efficient weapons for its yeah, cost. Yeah, yeah. And it has been throughout the history of this game. It has just been one of the best upgrades just for its cost. Mm, and mm. the dorsal tower brings a better die and you get to roll out for free and there's no pay sides and yeah, you, they yeah. switch out the one shield for one discard which is much much better yeah. and it just says something and, and you know, the backup yeah, vehicle yeah. will be the R2 unit that resets your, your yeah, yeah, yeah. you know yeah. it, it, the mods, they, they made the mods too good. I also think so. And I think that we are looking at a game right now that can easily, with the fixes that might fix some of our current problems, namely Thrawn Snoke, uh, it could easily go in the other direction yeah. and will create much more problems. I think that they have to really, when they release the Holocron, which is hopefully very soon, I hope there's a very, very comprehensive approach to yeah. it and fixing several problems that might come in the wake of uh, removing some of the current threats. Right now, so right now, Thrawn Snoke is actually keeping the game honest <laughs> uh, right now Thrawn Snoke is is the reason why so many good players are bringing it is also because it's of course very consistent and very powerful and reward you for playing it but it also mm, just mm. keeps your opponent honest if they're playing a degenerate deck and they are out there they're degenerate mill decks they're not that good yet 
and I'll let you guys know when they are because <laughs> I'm still working on it. But the, there's also degenerate vehicle days, and they're kept in check now by Thrawn Snow. But if you only hit Thrawn Snow, yeah, you're just yeah. gonna see degenerate vehicle decks just pop up everywhere. Yeah. No, no, I, I totally agree. the game. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I think that uh, that's definitely something that, that we have to be on the lookout for. When you try your best but you don't succeed When you get what you want but not what you need When you feel so tired but you can't sleep Stuck in rivers And the tears come streaming down your face When you lose something you can't replace When you love someone but it goes to Could it be worse? Lights will guide you home And ignite your bones And I will try Last thing before we round off, Mass, is that our good friend, buddy, testing partner, our only representative in the U.S. holding the fort in that ginormous country on, on his own, Lake Quitmeyer, also a writer for the Your Destiny website. He did really well in the last regionals in Marietta and Georgia. Lucky number nine. Lucky number nine. <laughs> But it was his own fault. You get what you pay for. Yeah. If you bring a shitty deck, you're going to get a shitty placement. <laughs> so he sent me the deck list. He, he played Thorn Snow. He, he had been asking back and forth how it had been going for us with the handheld cannons. We were like, wow, the handheld cannons was amazing. Imperial Discipline, amazing. And then he sent the deck list afterwards. I was like, oh my God, you took ninth place. What a horrible, uh, I mean, what happened? He sent the deck list. I looked at it. I was like, my God, those one-offs, they are That horrible. That is what happened. <laughs> and then he wrote back, which one-offs? I was like, all of them. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know. It's sort of like he's in between two chairs here. He ran one Grand Muff, he ran one Boundless Ambition. There were a lot of sort of wacky cards that where we usually emphasize do what you're good at and go with it, right? Is he totally wrong, Like. So, yeah, the, the, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I mean, a player as good as Lake getting ninth, yeah, step step one, something went wrong. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, he's so well tested and I think he, he just sort of got confused what his deck was trying to do. Mm. So what battlefield are you using when you only have one Grand Moff? Can you still run the, the Jedi, Jedi Temple? temple. Uh, Or do you yeah. try to find another battlefield? And mm. then how are you using that boundless ambition if you're running that Jedi Temple? Or mm. only that one handheld cannon, it's super good when you draw it, but are you then an aggressive deck? And it's just a, it's just a lot of things that just wasn't yeah. falling together for him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he will have more chances for to take down regional. Oh, he, he will. He's, yeah, he's, yeah. he's really going to get his uh, ticket for Worlds locked in, yeah. and uh, and we'll be happy to meet up with him there. And then we'll just hate on him a bit when we get. Oh there. yeah, it's gonna be great <laughs> to see another uh, tuned deck of, of shitty one offs. <laughs> It 
it's been long overdue, but for all of you guys out there that has been supporting us and that are supporting us on Patreon, thank you so much. It is uh, you guys who makes it possible for us to run a website. That's the yourdestiny.dk website that has articles, that has resources for competitive and casual Destiny players. Also is uh, where we host our podcast. So thank you so much. It's highly appreciated and uh, makes also our live stream around the world possible. As always, we've been recording live from Ask Gaming Cafe here in the heart of Copenhagen. Our show is being produced by Adriana Tovar Velas. And then remember, you cannot escape your destiny. Oh.